Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Wanda Howard. Today we have with us Josh Tapp. He is one of the top 10 podcasters out there, and he has helped over 1,500 people start their podcasts and be able to become like the experts in their own sphere of podcasting. So welcome, Josh. Oh, and also I have to say one of his listed accomplishments was also being one of my best friends. So welcome, Josh. that's one of the best, the best. (laughs) (laughs) I have to claim the title. She's like, yeah, that's weird, Josh. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to be here. This will be fun. I I get interviewed a lot for business reasons, but when you said, hey, let's talk family, let's talk parenting, I got really excited because I am a new dad. And so there's a lot of lessons coming from that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So now I want to share a little bit of like how I came into your world, how we met, just to give everybody an idea of your background and the awesome human you are. So <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and on that podcast, they were interviewing Josh and he started talking about his upbringing and how he became um, an entrepreneur. And the story in of itself intrigued me. His mission intrigued me. His messaging behind what he does intrigued me. So I started looking up what he does. I came into his world. He's helped me do my podcast. The reason everybody here is hearing it today is all Josh's fault. He has been the mastermind behind getting it to where it is today. And I love what he does. So Josh, please tell us a little bit, just a little snippet of why, uh, if my tongue can get untied, what you do (laughs) and why you do it. Yeah, so I um really what I'm doing is I'm on a I'm on a mission to find 1000 of the world's best humans. I have you ever seen Hercules, the Disney yes. movie? Okay. Yes. For those of you who haven't seen it, go watch it. It's one of the best movies of all time. Has a great soundtrack. Um but I identify as Phil. Okay. Phil, he's the he's the guy who helps make Hercules Hercules, right? And I I figured out years into my business journey, into my life journey, that that was something that really drove me. I was like, I really love it. Like when somebody comes to me, like, Josh, I went and did what you said. And I'm like world famous now. It's one of the coolest feelings. And we've had some of our podcasters hit the top 10. We've had some, uh, one of them got to go speak on Ellen. I mean, they've gotten these huge media opportunities, getting the fame, the message, everything that they want out there. Like that for me is, is, reason enough to just keep doing this over and over again. But um, about a year ago, you know, we were, we were having this identity crisis moment. We're like, oh man, who, what do we really want to do? Like what's, what's our end goal? And um, you know, we're both, we're both Mormon Wanda, so I can talk about this, but the, (laughs) the, uh, there's a story in in the book of Mormon that we read about a captain who goes around and there's this, this big army who's coming in to crush them they don't even have an army. So he goes around from village to village, plants his flag and invites people to rally around the cause. They build a massive army and they, they win at the end of the day. That's a very, very shortened version of it. But <laughs> very short. I, I realized for myself as I'm like, I've got to graduate from Phil and, and become that, that captain Maroney, right? The one who's planting the flag and giving people the, the guidance, the direction, and then saying, take that message that's burning in you that you're like, I've got to do this. And giving them all the resources to do it and then my backing to do it, right? Me 
me pushing them out there and, and being willing to raise them up. And that alone um, is the reason why I do what I do. And and the vehicle, how we do that is, is through podcasting. So we help people build multimedia brands by starting a podcast the way you've done Wanda, you know, starting podcasts and leveraging those to not just make it get influenced, but get paid to do it, which is the fun part. Yeah. I love that because it really is one thing to have like this burning desire of, I want to do this. And then total another, like you have really taken it to a totally new level. Everything that you're doing right now is lighting my fire to be able to keep going. And I've seen it inside Pantheon and Medialith and all these groups where people are just on fire right now with their messaging and being able to go out into the world and make the impact that they want. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, I Um, appreciate that. Very excited. Yeah. So um, now I want to ask you, what was it that your parents did? What was it like as Josh Taff as a kid that made you even want to be an entrepreneur? How did you get to even like entrepreneurship is crazy difficult and you have to be an insane person to want to do it. So what yeah. brought you down that path? <laughs> you know, it's funny. And I, I love this. I love that you asked me this question because for me, and if I were to give any parenting lesson, like my parents were not perfect. Um, I still have like frustrations with them today, but I can tell you that them realizing my potential as a creator helped me realize I wasn't an idiot first off because I was being told I was stupid by teachers. Right. But when they recognized my creative talent and realized I was just I, this weird thing about myself, but I was smarter than my teacher um, that they, in, but instead of giving me good grades, give me bad grades. Cause I didn't get there the way they wanted me to get there, blah, 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 blah. But my parents realized that at an early age and um, my, I'm actually a sixth generation entrepreneur. I'm hoping to get that seventh one. We're doing some family history, trying to figure out what he did. But uh, if I can be seventh generation, that's like the coolest thing ever. If not, I'm going to have my son. I will, I will train my son how to be the seventh gen because um, seven's a lucky number. And my podcast is called Lucky Titan. If you're not familiar with that, I love the number seven. Anyways, I digress. So my my parents, they recognized that very early on. And my dad was not a very successful entrepreneur financially. He's brilliant. Like if you ever talk to my dad, it, he'll blow your mind. He's very, very smart. He's still, I mean, I've I've far exceeded what he did in, in, in a financial sense, but he can still outpace me with like business strategy and things like this all the time. It's really funny. But anyways, he uh, at, uh, I think it was 11, it was 10 or 11. He came to me and I'm one of six boys. So he came to all six of us boys and he said, hey, um, you know, if you're sick of doing construction, which is what I did for my dad, because he had a construction company. He's like, if you're sick of doing construction, I'm going to give you a second option. Uh, he's like, if you'll read a book, a business or a personal development book of some sort, and then you come report on it to me, I'll pay you, I think it was 30 bucks, 60 bucks or something. And in my head, I'm going, well, I like reading. But then I'm like, wait a minute. He pays me like $10 an hour. I think he always way overpaid us as kids, but like 10 years old, he paid me $10 an hour to do construction work. But I was like, I can read pretty fast. And he has some tiny books. So um, I was like, done. Science still delivered, right? So I went in, I've got the book right here. Actually, if you're watching this on video, you can see why I grabbed this book in particular. It was the thinnest book on my dad's shelf. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And this book- And this how old were you when this happened? I'm like 10 or 11, right? Okay. And this book, honestly, if you have kids, have them read this. It's a story. Um, I was very blessed that it was a story, but it's like 120, 132 pages, I think. But that book changed the way I, I viewed things. I was like, oh man, what if I just made money 
now like, I don't have to work for my dad. Like I could, I could totally make my own money and start my own things. And uh, it, it gave me that spark of entrepreneurship, right? That, that spark that we, we really want our kids to have. And it's that spark of the, the creator. Um, that honestly was like the biggest lesson. I know that's a really long-winded answer to your question, Wanda, but that's really what got me into entrepreneurship in and of itself. And the second piece, just to kind of dovetail off that, um, my parents never talked about college. I didn't even know what it was until my junior year of high school. And they started saying, where are you going to college? I'm like, what's college, right? Tell me about it. There was never <laughs> once a conversation in my house about college. And But funny thing, I have my MBA. I've, I've done my bachelor's degree. I've done my my master's degree and everything gone on to be more educated. But, but uh, I don't think that it needs to be beat into people's heads that that's what they need to do. And so I, I think it's just identifying where they're at and what they need. Yeah. And that's beautiful, especially so right at the beginning, you said that your parents aren't perfect. And I think every single human being can relate to that because no parent is. And as parents listening to this podcast, like we're all just trying to figure out how do we not let our mistakes or our shortcomings be what pushes our kids forward? How do we make sure that we can give them the best thing that they need forward? And it sounds like your parents being able to give you that spark of you can do something different. You can do entrepreneurship. You can work for yourself. Like that. What a beautiful gift that was. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and and I'm, I, I appreciate you saying that. One thing I will say is it didn't take rich parents to instill that, that habit in me. Right. It, oh. Because my dad just said, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to talk to him about how bad my financial situation is or that my companies are failing or blah, 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 blah. It was, it was helping guide me in the right direction, even though he was the, maybe not the best fit to, to answer my questions. So I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, no, that's really good because I think a lot of us, we, we worry that we're not setting the kind of example we want for our kids to be able to follow. But even if you're not to that point, you can give them the tools that they need to find the right kind of mentors, the right kind of mindset and, and build that. So yeah, thank you for adding that. Um, So with it, what was like your first step, your first business that you did that was like, um, at least as a little kid was like, Ooh, this is successful. This is going places. So I, I, um, I tried a lot of little things. So I tried, I mean, the very first thing I did, I was like, Oh, I could sell. So this book, the richest man in Babylon, it talks about how the guy made a currency. So he was basically like the federal reserve for, for his country. It's a total fictional story. (laughs) And I was like, I could sell polished rocks. I have tons of polished rocks. I'm 11 years old. So my parents lived in a really rural area and I I drove, um, I, I put up a little stand at the end of our road and there are probably five cars that passed every hour and I uh, laid out a bunch of rocks on it or whatever. And I I uh, just waited for people to pass. And I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for somebody to stop and buy something from me, you know? And after about two hours, I was getting really disheartened. And then one of my my older brother's friends drove by and he bought a rock. He gave me a quarter. And I was like, that was amazing. Like it was like best, best dollar I ever made, right? As in business. But I can tell you that the the first company for me that really like started generating me real money was when I was um I was probably 13, 14, and I started doing lawn mowing for people. I think most people have started my age started with a, a lawn mowing company. Um started there and started seeing some success there. You know, I made I think fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars my first year, and then but then I realized window washing was even better. I made more money there. And it, it, it just, <laughs> the lessons come, the lessons came, you know, it became a lot easier as I, I figured it out. And luckily for those of you who are listening to this, if you are a kid, the easiest business ever is washing windows. 
and people pay a ton for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I really love this because for those of you who don't know, I have a nine-year-old daughter right now who is the biggest entrepreneurial spirit I have ever met. Brilliant. <laughs> She's met with Josh. She loves like brainstorming all things business. And um, and so she's actually reading that book right now too. So definitely go look up that book. Um, so you get through these businesses. You're now in the podcast world. And when did becoming a dad come into the picture? So yeah, I'll, I'll try to be brief here, but uh, my wife and I, when we got married, uh, we decided we're like, you know, what? we're going to we're going to take our time having kids. Um, we wanted to get financially sound at the time that we got uh, married. I had had my first marketing company for about a year and a half. And as I was going into it, I was going into a lot of debt. And we're like, man, we don't want to throw a baby on top of all this debt. But luckily, my wife working and, and the company starting to work, I was able to kind of fund my way through it. Yes, you know, so we were never so deep in a hole that we couldn't couldn't come back from it. But uh about a year ago, um, it had been a, it had been five years since we had been married, which in the LDS culture, for those of you who aren't LDS, <laughs> that's a really long time, a really long time. And people have been bugging us for years about having kids. And at this time last year, because my son's first birthday was literally last weekend, we- um, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. But but so it's two years ago, I guess, right? We, we had this moment where we, we actually were pretty successful and <laughs> we had that like come to Jesus moment where like, there's really no reason not to have a kid right now. <laughs> like that was that was ultimately what it came to, and we were excited about it. Don't get don't get me wrong, but we felt like we wanted to take everything in stride. And my wife, um, she's she's 30, and so it was uh, for her. It was like, hey, I'm I'm getting older. I probably should start. If we're gonna have multiple kids, we should probably start soon. And anyway, so we got pregnant. It took us a while to actually get pregnant, and then um, we had Griffin a year ago, and he's the coolest cat you'll ever meet. <laughs> that's awesome he is such a cute old guy and <laughs> you say 30 like this is like an ancient age josh come on i know it's not that it's, old. it's not i realized that it came out of my mouth she's still really young but <laughs> but she's like if we want to have like multiple kids we got to start now because she wants like i think every woman has like the ideal amount of years no. between kids i she's remember like <laughs> when i turned 22 I was just bawling one day. And when my husband came home from work, he like found me. He's like, what's wrong? We had two kids at that point and I was in tears and he was like, what, why it's what's going on. And I was like, I thought by this point I would have six kids and I'm a failure and I'm not there. <laughs> I, was, oh, gosh. I was like in the pit of despair. And now I look back on that. I'm like, Oh, you Poor innocent soul. You anyway. poor 22 year old. <laughs> Don't you wish you waited? <laughs> Not really. Anyways, um, so I, I can I can easily go on tangents with you because we talk about so many different things. <laughs> That's okay. Tangent away. Um, but now I'm wondering. So, what is through your experience, everything you learned as a kid with all the books and changing. But like you said, your dad was super successful in the idea of entrepreneurship, but not necessarily financially. So what would you say is the biggest gift you can pass on to your son? What's like the most important entrepreneurial skill and life skill that you can pass on? Um, money view. The way that the way that you view money is it will affect every area of your life because um my dad tried to teach this to me, but by word, he was one way. And by deed, he was another. 
um, I grew up in a family where it felt difficult to make money, right? And when I've entered the entrepreneurial world and they start talking in, in the term of millions, for me, that was huge at the time. I'm on boards right now and it, the discussions are hundreds of millions of dollars large and it's become like second nature. It's like, if it's not a hundred million dollar decision, it's not a good decision. And each mental barrier for, for you, you listening to this, it might be a hundred dollars. You might be like, oh my gosh, a hundred bucks. Oh, that thing costs a hundred dollars. I can honestly tell you right now, and I am not like a billionaire by any means, but a hundred dollars right now, if you accidentally, if I dropped one out of my wallet, I wouldn't even notice. Right. And when you can get to that point mentally, where it's like, what's like your view on money starts to become, it's just a number. It's not, not anything you can hold. It's literally just a number in a bank account. You can add five zeros to the end. It won't change the way you are. It's, it's the way your mindset works. And like the number one thing from a, from a business perspective, obviously like putting Christ at the center is the number one thing for me from a global perspective or all, all perspective, but, but, uh, from, from the monetary, monetary side, like the way that you view money and using it as, um, as a multiplier, that's really the, uh, that's the thing I'd like to instill in my son more than anything. And, and I can tell you, I, I don't even quite yet know how to do that. I'm my son's one year old. So if I come on here and start giving you parenting <laughs> advice, you're all just going to laugh at me. Um, but I can tell you like for me with, with my own son, I, like, I, I know I'm not going to push him any direction. I'm not going to say you need to have a business. You need to go to college. It's like, what's creative for you. And then let's look at how can you make a lot of money around that? Now, does that mean going to school? Does that mean starting a business? Is it, so on and so forth. Right. I, I think that view on money is more important than any any other aspect that you have and you see it every single day in in business and in in life if you're just constantly fighting in your marriage over money it's usually because one of you has a poor money view or both of you have a poor money view and you're either being too frugal or too what's the word um you're spending too much <laughs> you're spending <laughs> way too much you know uh, you're a spender or you're you're a, you're way frugal uh, in my in my marriage my wife is a tightwad she does not spend money. And it's really funny because I'm actually a pretty frugal guy, but she like dwarfs me in, in being, being a tightwad, but it's only on spending for herself. When we started making a lot of money, it was like going out the door, like it was going out of style because she'd buy gifts for people and she'd get decorations and make parties amazing. And, and like, we like this birthday party we just had for my son, right? We ended up spending thousands of dollars on this with food <laughs> and entertainment, all this like stuff that I was like, he's one. You know, and but for her, it was like, hey, it's for somebody else. But for her, I've watched her be able to change her money view, even even though she was frugal, and it was a huge difference maker for her. So, yeah, that that would be what I'd I'd give to my son. Yeah, that's such a fantastic point, and I love this conversation because it really does. It, when you can understand money differently, it affects every area of life because every single human needs money to survive, to live, and then to thrive. And uh, me and my husband, oh man, looking back at the way that we viewed money in the past, I, oh, and it was actually, I went the very first time that I had like this huge mind blowing um, money change in me. We went to um, a five day event by Ryan D. Lee and the, the cash flow tactics. If you guys want to go look it up, like it is amazing. It's free. But yeah, in this awesome. event, they said, um, you can either be a saver and put your money into the savings account. And then when it's time to retire, pull that out. And because of inflation and everything that changes, 
end up with less than what you even put in there because now the dollar amount doesn't isn't as valuable. It's worthless. Yeah. Or you could start investing it into things. And anyways, they started talking about it and they said it's so much better, but it blew my mind because up to that point, like my only ambition was you just save, you just save, you just save. And yeah. it really has changed the ball game. It's so fun because it can be more of a, how much of an impact can you make in the world instead of chasing the dollar all the time? So, yeah. so how would you say you personally like what was the first shift for you that changed it from money and chasing money and how do you get money? And this is difficult to make money too. Money is just a tool to get to where I want. And I yeah. can get it easily. Um, it, it was when I stopped buying courses. <laughs> um, what I, I had, I had a guy, I, he, I brought him on my show to this day. It's still probably the most successful person that came on my show, multi-billionaire. Um, and he's become a mentor of my life and he, he has this, concept that I was like, why is this not taught to every human being on the planet? And it's, it's that you shouldn't have to work for money. Money should work for you. And yeah, everybody's like, yeah, 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 that's cool. But then he showed me how to do it. And I thought it was brilliant is that when you start a business or you have a job or something like that, instead of using the money that is generated from your labors to feed yourself, you actually take that money and you put it into something else that is going to feed you a year from now, right? And it's going to keep feeding you a year from now. And what's so intriguing to me is when I finally caught on to this, even in my business, I don't even take a salary from our company. When I take money from our company, it's immediately put into something else. I invest it elsewhere. And then I live off of the, the returns that come from those investments. And that doesn't mean the stock market. I actually have $0 in the stock market right now. We pull it all out. We are completely invested in other places. And but we live off of the interest that comes from those investments. And so what happens is even when a company goes up and down, cause you have the entrepreneurial roller coaster, and even when you lose your job and things like that, you're still living off of this asset that's building on the side. Right. And a lot of people, there's a lot of ways to do it. I thought it was like this big secret, but I mean, you can do real estate, you can do crypto, you can do the stock market, you can any of them and they all work. It's crazy. Um, when, when that finally made sense to me and like I had that shift, I had to like move my entire lifestyle that direction because instead of chasing that, I want to have $10,000 in the bank. I want to have $20,000 in the bank. I want to have a million dollars in the bank. Like, why would I put it in the bank? Right. My wife and I, we keep three months worth of expenses in our bank account at all times. That's our, that's our number. We don't drop it. We don't go beneath it. So if I start to get to that point and there's like, a, like I make sure I go to my investments, I pull out the cash and that's what we live off of. Right. That account should never be messed with. Um, Instead of going down a huge financial rabbit hole, I can just tell you that that lesson for me um, is one that I wish the entire world could understand because then you stop worrying about eating the golden goose because <laughs> we, yeah. we tend to eat it. you know. And I watch like doctors are the epitome of this. You know, I have a lot of friends who are doctors and they get this entitlement because like I went through eight to 12 years of schooling and I went to so much debt. So I'm going to drive a Lamborghini and have a massive home. And the craziest thing is if they just lived this way and they lived for four more years making the salary that most doctors make, investing the rest of it, they could retire, be done in four years after school. None of them do it. None of wow. them do it. It's absurd. So anyways, that's. it doesn't matter what you do or how you do it. It's the that that method works for everybody. So that, that's what I could say is a good answer to your question. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. That's huge. And for all those listening, um, you can either go to Josh, what was the name of that guy again? Uh, which that. guy? Oh, Bill Letter. Okay. So you can either go there and 
figure out what he teaches or go over to Cashflow Tactics because this is the kind of stuff that they understand and they build it like specifically around you and what you're doing. So definitely Cashflow Tactics is where I would send people. Bill is not an accessible person. (laughs) Well, awesome. (laughs) But yes, um, he doesn't have a course or training on it. That was him personally teaching that to me. But Cashflow Tactics is fantastic. Oh, perfect. Because they are on fire with what they're doing right now. So definitely go check them out. Josh, if people are wanting to connect with you and your world and the world of podcasting, and where is the best place for them to go right now? So the best place to get into our world is actually go to pantheon.fm. That's where all of our shows are hosted. Um, that's the way to, to enter our world. If you want to join us and become a podcaster, it's all there. If you're just wanting to consume incredible content like Wanda's, it's there. So go check out Wanda's show. Leave her a good review, a rating. That is going to help her a lot. So make sure you do that. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thanks for the shout out too. And we will see you all next time. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.